The Irish Rally Podcast is brought to you in association with PFT Travel, Tech and Tools, Rally Connection, SVS Productions, Hiravan, and Lines of Limerick. Welcome to The Whole Person by the Irish Rally Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. It's a pleasure, Tony. Um, but scary right enough because uh, when you rang me about this, I thought, this woman only does this with uh, past rally divers. Why is she ringing me? She's trying to tell me something. <laughs> <laughs> not about time, not about You've been on the list for a wee while and we're working down through a list. And as I say, like you've been, you know, you've been one of those guys. Like one of the things I don't do is... Um, you know, give a big introduction into who I have on and, um, you know, all so the things you've achieved. So switch off immediately. <laughs> well, do you know what? I, it's more for, for the, the logic behind it for me was always the fact that I want you to paint your own picture, you know, that kind of way I want to get to know you in your own words or whatever. Um, but it's funny, I was thinking about this today before we started and I was like, it's going to be wild hard, you know, to not mention, you know, cars or events or how much you know the fans go oh, well, if there's, no rally talk, like if there's no rally talk can we just check out now <laughs> I'll, not I'll, much else in my life <laughs> i'll click end now <laughs> <laughs> that's it good luck the, the shortest podcast we've ever done <laughs> no hey we've been laughing already i would say it could be the longest frank it could just be when we get say, started you have a lot of stories for us mm. A lot of stories. Uh, a lot of stories. But come here, I... Everybody's heard them before, but I usually change the anthems just to make it more interesting. Well, sure, look, you're keeping people on your toes, aren't you? Mm. <laughs> come here, I always love to start at the very start, where everything starts. Um, childhood, you know, how you grew up, where you're from, how you spent your days as a kid, um, where you went to school, did you like school, did you not like school, all, any and all of the above. Can you tell us about a young Frank Kelly? I well. Like? The very beginning, I was born on Christmas Day, 1965. Uh, knew I was special right away, obviously. <laughs> this way, when, people, when, when people see me coming and go, Jesus Christ, they're not far off. <laughs> Jesus uh, Christ. 65 vintage, uh, went to school in Roscavi, outside Berra, primary school. Um, hated school with an absolute passion uh, to the point where <sighs> it's probably the worst part of my life is my primary school mm-hmm. days. Mm-hmm. Uh, really didn't work well at school. Uh, probably, I was in the slow learners class, uh, and I didn't realise that that was a slow learners class till later in life. Uh-huh. <laughs> that was the, the three <laughs> the three people in our wee country primary school that was taken into a special room. I was one of them. Um, so that the, the headmaster was an old school headmaster, you know, an old style. There was only two rooms in the school, and there was two teachers and. The, the headmaster was really old school. He just he bit first and asked questions later. Mm. So not a good experience. Um, no. I remember my dad had to go into the school several times, you know, to tell him, stop baiting him. He, you know, he doesn't know. Yeah. <laughs> he doesn't know yeah. what he's supposed to be doing. He doesn't know what you're talking about. And yeah. uh, there was a lot of things and, you know, you'd see, I'd see, he'd see his lips moving, but I wouldn't know what he's saying. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, yeah. So 
it was a bit of a handling, uh, but I wasn't the only one. I used to be a shit at everybody. <laughs> but <laughs> there's just some guys like that. I, I remember taking home my homework to my parents, and they didn't know what to do with it. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, so it was hard work getting through that. But uh, away from school, um, you know, I was a country boy, beating around the fields, shooting at shit if I could, and you know, doing what I could. Bicycles, racking bicycles, welding bicycles, making bicycles, painting bicycles, go karts, anything that I could get to go fast down a hill or have crack on. Uh, me and my two brothers, Connor and Gary, terrorized our neighborhood basically. You know, we we're just, uh, <laughs> I don't know how our neighbors survived, never mind my mother, God help the woman. <laughs> she, she, uh, you know, especially when later life, uh, you know, teenager years and stuff. But uh, no, we're pretty terrorized, you know, but well looked after and well fed. We come home when we're hungry, that kind of thing. You know, them was the days you did that there, you know. But uh, out all day. Get him to manage the handle of the neighbours, you know, especially when it comes to starting to wreck about in cars and one thing or another. But oh. um, secondary school then was was different, and I don't know. I think sometimes there's pivotal moments in your life. Mm -hmm. I rocked up until St Patrick's School in Oma, and Oma was this big city as far as I was concerned, being a country yeah. bumpkin. I remember uh, going down to the bus depot in the morning, which was just at the local petrol station, and. Not even sure which bus I was to get on, <laughs> you know, being the oldest in the family, I had no older siblings to point me the right direction, but stepping onto a bus and getting off at the bus station in Oma and not knowing where the school was. Um, wow. But seeing people with a similar uniform and followed them uh, uh -huh. and got to the school. But my form teacher and my first year, my first day at the school was a boy called Jerry Kavanagh. Mm -hmm. And he, it was his first day out of whatever school teachers go to. He was 21, 22 years of age, just qualified. And he had a Yale S1600 Sport Escort Mark II. Brilliant. <laughs> and me and, him me and him clicked. And from being the dumbest eligible lad at primary school, I was second highest in the class in the first year at St. Patrick's School. And oh. he was pivotal for me to take me out of myself a bit and mm -hmm. let me know that I wasn't stupid, I wasn't dumb, because I was convinced at that stage that I was, like I was dumb, you know, I was stupid. Yeah, yeah. Because uh, I kept getting told that and bait enough times. And it, uh, it? it was a very pivotal moment for me and me and him clicked and for two years he was my form teacher and uh, Jerry does a bit of rallying and uh, he was COC for Lakeland stages there several years. Right. Still bumping to him down again, I put a security system in for him some years ago. And uh, Lauren, my daughter, that works for us, she, she was chatting to him and she, you know, he's always talking about when I was in school and one thing and another and the mad things we used to do and stuff. But that, them sort of pivotal moments, you know, was good in regards that kind of crack in school and stuff. But isn't that mad, Frank, like how one person, you know, one person can change your life, one moment can change your life. But, yeah. you know, for you, for years, as you say, like you thought that there was actually something wrong with you in terms of the ability to learn. And then one person... To, you know shows you a different way and all of a sudden yeah. you can relax and then you, you just flourish as a person you know never mind as a student and that uh, probably in that case you know just from the two extremes that you know my primary school teacher was a real old school mm. you know that was the er, mid early mid 70s he was probably in the 50s and the 40s you know in his yeah. way of going whereas yeah. jerry was the new school at that stage and the new yeah. thing and you know i identified with the car <laughs> Yeah, and yeah. This man did night navigations and stuff, and this was the business, you know. And yeah. we just clicked, you know. We just clicked, 
and uh, he just had a way about him you know, to bring you out of yourself and stuff and he, mm. he sort of seen that I was probably struggling and wasn't really fit to keep up with what was going on but it turned out then you know a lot of stuff in the first and second year I was already doing that at the primary school your mom was trying to push us that hard that we were two okay. years ahead of ourselves and I wasn't fit for it you know but yeah. it became a bit easier because it was explained better to me there was, there was actually he would sit down and talk to you and tell you what you know this is what this does and this is this and I'm a mechanical sort of a dude. I need to see it and feel it and touch it, you know, to get it yes. to work. Yeah. And I probably yes. have a ism or some fucking thing, but uh, <laughs> it it works. I have a different way of working things sometimes, and my brain works a bit funny, I think. Uh, you know, it has been pointed out to me once or twice <laughs> what that wee cell is doing <laughs> and what it's thinking. But you adapt. I, I, I It's probably one of my only thanks is adaptability i think i'm very good at adapting to different things in different situations mm -hmm. um but no that was that was uh that was a big change now, i still didn't like school took you here home uh, i yeah. didn't wake up in the morning going yippee we're going to school i i just wanted uh, to be at home i just thought i thought it was a terrible waste of time i hate wasting time uh, i could read and uh -huh. write let me the fuck out of here and let me go make uh, some money and get some you know get a life going i just really yeah. didn't want to be there but by the time i got to 15 i checked out <laughs> and left uh good on you it's funny the the truancy officer and everything arrived at the house several times and i actually still have nightmares about that believe it or not not as often as i used to but you know Aye. every couple of months i have a nightmare about the truancy officer dragging me back to school at 57 years of age <laughs> i know but it just goes to show you how scary oh, it was moment. like yeah, the worst yeah, nightmare. yeah but i remember um i remember him getting catching me at work one time the truancy officer and i said listen i think i was on like I don't know, 25 or 30 pound a week, but I doubled it. <laughs> and I says, if you can give me 70 pound a week, I'll come back. <laughs> I'll come right. back to school. <laughs> and at the finish up, he got to the point where he says, listen, I fed up running after you. I'm not going to do this anymore, but just saying that to show that I was here. <laughs> and yeah. that happened, you know, three or oh, four really times. Well. And then he left me alone. Brilliant. And like, you know, see back in them days, did you, is that how you got into rallying? Like, is that how you kind of, um, sort of pacified yourself then and felt like you know you had something to kind of occupy yourself with was it or were you already in rallying at that point frank no um it's funny um the mechanic inside of us you know I, I served me time as a mechanic and became a mechanic and that was all i ever wanted to do was work on cars mm. drive cars work on cars drive them fast what sport i would go into was not really on the horizon um it's was beating up and down the back road you know the first time i drove a car i think i was about seven and it, my, my dad had the guy to the house and he was always first he was always moving cars about and was going to move that car die i can't drive jesus christ you can't drive yet you know and that kind of crack <laughs> went on and then we were told one day me and my two brothers there's an old mini at 50 out there if you can get it going learn to drive in it up in that field Brilliant. and that was pretty much the instructions and i remember a mechanic that worked with him at the time with a him we got the car going between us there was no bonnet on it. I think it was one door, and I can't remember. It wasn't a full car, but it was mobile. And uh, <laughs> we got it going, but we didn't know the whole mechanics of it. And we got the mechanic to show us what the three pedals did. And away we went. <laughs> That's that how that, that was the way it went. And we beat up and down. We wrecked that many more times. We had a few cars we shouldn't have hit. And then I eventually totaled it one day, hitting the lorry. But that was, I think it was a bit eight that time. So that was my first big off at eight years of age. <laughs> First big off at eight, most people were barely walking at that stage. But from and the, did your... the, the motorsport side of it, as you asked there, um, it wasn't until I was about, I would say 11, 10 or 11, 
Uh, my dad started to do stock hair racing around Bly's track outside Omo, which has actually right. recently reopened. A gra- sort of a natural quarry that was turned into like a big mm. oval with great surface and everything else. And then um, they started a junior race, so I'm in. Uh, so it was a left hand drive Volkswagen Beetle, I'll never forget. I kept uh, pulling the door handle off it, trying to change gear. Unbelievable. <laughs> but that, that, that was the start of, of, of motorsport, if you like. And that, I oh. never had any aspirations to go further. And, you know, I never thought, you know, people talk about a career. And really, I don't have a career. I'm, I'm just an alarm engineer mm. that does a bit of rallying. You know, it's, it's not a career, time. it's a hobby. Uh, yeah. So to think of it ever going any further, anything like that never entered my mind. And, you know, there was never much money about. You know, you're always broken. You're always, uh, you know, as I got dates for the license and stuff, trying to get a car on the road. And a bit like Baby Blue, it got hit men again, so it had to be fixed. <laughs> trying uh, to get insurance and all that kind of crack. And the skull degree you would get up to. So uh, it never, it just sort of, like most things in my life happen by accident. You just sort of mm. end up thinking, right, how did I end up here? <laughs> Yeah, you just went with it, like you, you know, Aye, up, that was yeah, the, yeah. the moment was there, and you took it, like. I, I'm not great for planning too far ahead. I always like to have a goal. I always like to have something coming up, and something to work towards. I think that's important in life is having something to work towards. Absolutely. Um, but I don't have a goal and say like in five years I want to be here, or I want to be there, I want to be that. Probably the closest I've ever been to doing something like that was, I always had the notion of emigrating. You know, especially back yes. in that day when we were killing all her here, um, didn't really want to be involved in that or have anything to do with it. So I thought, we'll get the fuck out of here. <laughs> and uh, anytime I was trying to get money together was to get enough money to get out of here. Mm-hmm. And um, I suppose I'm jumping back and forward here, but I ended up, um, I think it was about 86, I uh, mm-hmm. moved to London Brilliant. and started mechanic in there. And I ended up in London for nearly 10 years. Um, no motorsport at all. Uh, oh, and nice. working hard. And, and a year in the middle, of that, I went to Australia for a year. Uh, me and Rosemary, right. who was my wife, we got married in 88. And uh-huh. uh, we really wanted to emigrate to Australia. And we got jobs there. I got a job in an offer. And me and dealers in Melbourne ended up in the workshop foreman. She got a job in uh, ANZ Bank flying. Uh, we, had, we, had no, um, we had no relatives or anything there. So mm-hmm. we applied for formal immigration. We we're on a one-year visa, but uh, mm-hmm. we got turned down. Which, in hindsight, was a blessing. At the time, it was end, earth, you know, life ending. But yeah, yeah. Um, it just sort of happened around the time then, at ninety-three, ninety-four, where ceasefires and stuff, and this country started to change a lot. So okay, it uh, it probably was for the best. You definitely felt a wee bit more comfortable the thought of coming home then, I would say. Yeah, absolutely, because I think it does, especially back then, I think everybody should have went out of the country for a wee while to realise how stupid we were and the I things know. we were doing, yeah. you know, to each other uh, over religion. You know, I'm I'm nothing. I, I, I have no beliefs. I have no faith. Um, mm-hmm. I believe in right and wrong, black and white, right and wrong. Things yeah. are either right or the wrong. That's, and I'm very black and white, which infuriates people around me sometimes that there's no grey area. It's either black or it's white. Uh, right and wrong, being good or being bad is the two things in my life but um, I couldn't believe that we were killing over each other over what chapel we went to it's like when you think back you know what it, it, it is it is madness like and it's it's just so sad that it still goes on in the world like that as advanced yeah. and all as we are and you know what did I see yesterday that 
an iPhone like with all these capabilities coming out and you know you're like we're advancing so much in the world but yet we still can't stop fighting over things that just well you know, you know what i think if we had religion to fight over or a color of a skin it'd be the color of your eyes people humans just get a reason to fight nah, and i think it's uh, nah. sometimes i think it's because they're not busy enough <laughs> you know <laughs> Or they haven't got a hobby that they love as much. Aye, as just keep, keep busy, keep busy, keep doing shit. I, I, I'm at the most dangerous when I have nothing to do, and that's rare. Well, that is really rare. Aye, yeah, really? idle. What is it? Idle hands or idle minds or something like that. There, there's a saying anyway around it. Um, and it is like it's it's it is bizarre. Like whenever you think back to to what people lived through um, in Northern Ireland, like. Uh, you know you watch it in the news nowadays like in other countries that are far and wide but like literally that was a decision that you faced at a time in your life like where you were, you were genuinely you know afraid to a certain extent of, of coming home and starting a life and you know where you're from yeah so well, it's a beautiful I, I, thing that it changed at, at that point you know in the early point i thought there's no way i'm having kids in northern ireland you know mm. i've been so lucky to not get involved and not be hit by it but what's the chances that my kids would be as lucky you know yeah. that's the way I looked at it, and uh, luckily things change, and you sometimes life takes a change in direction for a reason, and it can be heartbreaking at the time. But when you look back on it, you know Australia has always been a real draw for me. I love Australia, mm. and love New Zealand, and places like that. And I've been lucky to get to go and rally in them places. Uh, and you know, from that year, nineteen ninety, we spent there, and we put down roots, and we. I was going to say we had made friends. Rose, we had made friends. <laughs> She's a friendly one in this relationship. <laughs> So uh, I'd made acquaintances, she'd made friends. <laughs> it takes well, a lot to be my friend, to be honest. But, um, you know, we had a wee network and everything. We knew the mm -hmm. lie of the land. We had a real good job, good pay, da 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 da. And when, all, when it all went pear-shaped, you just thought, Jesus Christ, what does it take to get into this country? They used to send convicts here. But, you know, that, that, that was 1990. Fast forward to, I think, 2006. Lauren and Jack were both born. Um, Lauren was nearly 10, Jack was six or so. And this, this, we still talked about Australia that far, you know, 16 years later. And wow. we made a decision, uh, you know what? We're gonna book ourselves a holiday. We're gonna take the four of us, go to Australia, go back to where, Melbourne where we were. Let's see before it's too late if there's still something there for us. Yes. That's the best thing we ever did because we get on the plane it was four weeks. We hired a camper van. We drove to Brisbane. And I think back, I can't remember now if we came back to, to Adelaide or, or, or back to Melbourne or if we flew out of Brisbane, whichever. And I thought, you know, let's see if, if there's anything there for us before before the kids get too older, you know, yeah. get older and, and all that kind of crack. And I get too old and all that. Now, rallying was in the equation at that stage. So that was a big thing. You know, I want to stay at home rally. But, exactly. Uh, um, we, we spent the month and we made a deal that we wouldn't speak about it until we were in the plane on the way home. Mm -hmm. And by the time I got on the plane, I didn't want to stay in Australia anymore. And Brilliant. I thought to myself, Jesus Christ, if Rosemary wants to stay here, like she's, that's the relationship over, she's staying and going. <laughs> Black <laughs> and white. Black luckily, and white luckily, luckily, and I did the typical man thing. I asked her on the plane, she says, you tell me first. I said, no, I'm not speaking. You tell me first. And she says, Australia has changed. She says, I want to go back home home is home now and i says i agree with you but australia hasn't changed ireland has changed uh, 
Australia is exactly the same as it was 16 years ago. But Ireland has changed massively. And yeah. so it had. Not even from the point of not killing each other openly and all that kind of crack and checkpoints in the road and all that kind of crack. But infrastructure-wise, you know, the time wasn't you had the co-op in the main street and that was it. Uh, <laughs> you, yeah, know, yeah. you hadn't got Asda and Sainsbury's and Tesco's and McDonald's and multiplex mm -hmm. cinemas and stuff. The thing had changed massively in that yeah. 16 years, massively. So it's the best thing we ever did and we've never contemplated living anywhere else since. No. And isn't that mad? Those wee directions that, as you say yourself, like, you know, they seem like the worst pivotal, thing in the world at the time. Pivotal moments. I'm a man for pivotal moments yeah. and pivotal people. Pivotal, yeah. pivotal people that you meet in your life. You know, there's a lot of people pop into my mind. You know, strong people, some people not so strong that you take lessons from. Yeah. You know, right, that's not the direction to go. That doesn't work. You know, I can't exactly. think of same mechanical yeah. person. I see shit to know. What Aye. works and what doesn't work. Aye. And I think as well, Frank, too, when you're a driver, you're very much of the frame of mind um, that some things work and some things don't. And you have to stop doing the things that don't work because you'll end up in bother. So, you, you know, you learn. You actually do learn when... Well, some of us do. <laughs> <laughs> ah, no, I'd say you learn. <laughs> You've finished a fair few rallies too, Crash time, frankly. Crash, fix, <laughs> But it's very like it's unbelievable, like the, how important it was for you to take. You know what, what some people would just see as a big trip to Australia, but like how that was, that was pivotal in the sense that it gave you complete clarity, and then that clarity as a family, you come back and you're just yeah. settled, and it's, you can it, live it your really life helped, here. It really helped the thing because you see, when you're a bit of a nomad for a while, you live in London, you were in Australia, you're back in London, you're back home again, mm -hmm. da da da. It's it takes a while to settle to think right. You know, uh, buy buy the right stuff for the house now, not the stuff that we could get rid of in a year if we had to. Yeah. You know, buy yeah. the forever home if you know what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Do that kind of crack, you know, as you can do it and when you can afford it and all that kind of stuff, because that's another thing that I I'm scared shitless of. Uh, <laughs> uh, just phobic about that. God help poor Rosemary. The first time <laughs> we bought a uh, we bought a, a, a flat in London. And I think she spent three months begging me to sign the mortgage agreement. And, you know, she kept saying, do you think you're going to save this money and buy this place? You know, you know, we'll be 92 and still not have this money to buy this place. You know, this is the way, this is the way normal people work. Uh, this <laughs> has I'm to be normal. Like <laughs> I don't want to be in debt. You know, I was always brought up with, yeah, I, you know, there was never much money about our house, but we were always fed. You know, yes. there's lots of things about stuff like that there, you know, and, and, uh, but I never wanted to be in debt. Aye. Just phobia about debt. You know, wait till you can afford it, pay for it, and then it's yours, and then do what you want with it. Yes. Yeah. And I can't crack. Exactly. And yeah. It's probably held me back in life. If I'm totally honest, it probably has held me back because, you know, well, from the outside, it looks handy because you see lots of people, and I, you know, know lots of people that have no problem with that. And, uh, you know, this has got payments and that's got payments. And as long as you can meet them payments monthly, that's that. Hey. I struggle. I really struggle with that. Uh, uh, you know, no, nah, I want to buy it and pay for it. You know, just yeah, let that me get money to pay for it, you know. And, mm -hmm. you know, when I, even rallying and stuff like that there, you know, it used to be the argument was tire bill Monday. If we can pay for that, then we'll plan the next rally. Yes. The bill didn't come in to Tuesday, Wednesday. This is a bit late now to get planned for the next rally. Can I have that bill? Because I need to get that sorted before yeah. I can go through this here, you know. And, uh, I 
like that seems like a good way of working to be. How do you think it has held you back? How does it what, sorry? How you reckon it held you back a wee bit? How do you think it could hold you back? Well, I think probably, that's a great way of working. And like business, like in business, uh, first alert alarm systems is our company, me and Rosemary are partners on it. And mm -hmm. Lauren, my daughter, works for us now. And we're, we're just the three of us at the moment. We had more staff before COVID and COVID changed everything. And that's, that's the way that goes. But everything's yeah. great. I'm happy to be the way we are. But there's times, you know, you thought to yourself, well, maybe I should have five or six more men working for me and put three or four more vans on the road and get HP on them and do this and do that and mm -hmm. push and get more work and stuff. And again, pivotal moments, 2007, the year after we come back from Australia, was a very pivotal moment in our whole household. Um, with health issues, essentially, um, Rosemary, I'll not go into the whole thing, but she she fell badly ill and had a rush at the hospital one evening. Luckily, I'm a quick driver. But getting the kids into the car, because we nowhere quick to get the kids off. So kids in the back of the car, Rosemary in the front of the car, squealing in agony, getting her into the hospital. Then um, the doctor came out and said, no, she needs to be in Craig Alvin. And she, that's where an ambulance and blue lights going up the road there. You may follow mm. them to the... And going there and standing there and thinking, is this woman coming back in here? Yeah, and, you know, geez. and two kids didn't know what was going on, that kind of crack. And not long after, I caught meningitis. Oh, and nice. that happened at Donegal Forest Rally, believe it or not. Um, in the middle of the rally. Uh, wasn't feeling well, going to it. Like, I'm not fucking near ways when you think about it. It was, uh, we'd done five mile town forest rally the day before on the Saturday. Mm. Um, Got out of it in one piece. I think I finished second to Aidan Hanson with a good battle all day and he won it. And went to the prize given to see Aidan getting the prize and everything. That was great. Didn't feel well. Come home. Thought, fuck, I have a dose of a flu or something coming on, but I need to be up early to go to the rally in the morning. Come home, rolled into bed. Woke up, I think it was five in the morning or something. The bed was soaking. Absolutely soaking. And I was soaked with sweat. Got up. Didn't wake nobody and thought, right, you have a fair dose here. You need to get a load of liquid into you, a load of fluid. Mm. Didn't think about not going to the rally. Got into the van. Carol was still in the theatre from the night before. Headed for, was it Donegal Town that was pasted? It wasn't Donegal Town. Maybe it was Donegal Town. Mm. But I ended up in Bundoran. I got completely Jeez. disoriented. And I ended up in the wrong town. I drove around not knowing how to get out of Bundoran, thinking... I should know how to get up and door now. Eventually got to Donegal Town, and at this stage I could hardly speak. Aidan Freeland was sitting on me, and he Aye. probably think a lunatic as me to get in with me. But we headed <laughs> off, we did the first loop of stages, and with different things happening, it was pretty much a two-wheel drive rally. Mm. Different things happening and different people having bar, we were leading the bloody thing. And I couldn't even hardly make out what was being said to me, never mind take it in. And I remember saying to Aidan, I said, listen, no matter what I say through the stage, don't stop talking. Just keep calling notes. Because I knew I was starting to hallucinate. Aye. And um, I remember getting into the stage and we we're heading back to service. And I said, you're going to have to drive back to service. And he drove back to service. And the next thing I remember was waking up in Craig Allen Hospital. <laughs> Jeez. Uh, with a drip hanging out of my arm and blood running down my arm because I pulled it out in the middle of the night and not realised it. But anyway, it was a long story short. It took three months to get back on my feet and get back to any kind of... Uh, normality, if it's a normal mm. thing for Frank. But that was a pivotal <laughs> moment for me in, in our lives, how quick things could change, you know, and get dragged, snapped away from me. And I thought, you know what? I'm going to rally the fuck out of it. Aye. And that's pretty much 
what I've yeah. done since, I have rallied the absolute fuck out of it. Because Unbelievable. it's gonna, you know, nobody's here forever. Uh, I'm not waiting today. I'm doing it now. And uh, that I've been doing that since. And I don't leave the house with no food on the table. Uh-huh. You know, everybody gets sorted and fed and all looked after uh-huh. and all that there. But we rally the fuck out of it as a family. You know, that's what we've been doing. And that's fairly obvious what we do. Um, uh-huh. We just go rallying. And I dread to think what I'm going to do when I quit rallying. <laughs> Oh. Well, uh, it is class. Like, think whatever you see, or something. <laughs> something, something <laughs> extreme. Jump. I would say, Frank. But it is like it's well, it's, it's always class to see Lauren sitting on with you, like, and yeah. you know, even like whenever you're walking about the service park, um, and say you serve probably out at a stage or something like, but you know, your wife Rosemary, like she's 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 about like, and she's at the van or she's at the you know the, yeah. the stall at the back or whatever, like, and it's so yeah. nice to see the full family. When you talk about, we talk about pivotal moments, she, she's the biggest pivotal moment in the whole thing, you know. Mm. Where did uh, you meet her, Frank? I met her in Oma. Uh, <laughs> it was funny. Me and me, me cousin. I, I never, I don't like nightclubs. I'm not a party man. I don't drink. Uh, uh-huh. My father's a, a recovered alcoholic. Uh huh. So alcohol was a big problem in our house for a lot of my early years, mm-hmm. and I sort of learned from that because me and my dad's very, very alike in lots yes. of ways. And uh-huh. I thought, at that point, and this is a stupid thing, I get back to the Rosemary thing in a minute, but back then, the only way you could lose your driver's license was drunk driving. Okay. And I was waiting so long to get my driver's license, there's no way I was ever going to get caught drunk driving. So I was probably about 16 when I thought to myself, you know what? Dad was, he had already been through the clinics and got dried out, and he probably was probably about 11 when he stopped drinking at the mm. finish up. And... Uh, had been through some serious handlings and you know big car accidents and lost his license for six years because he was so far over the legal limit and uh, right. you know when men were men and that was a great thing now it's an embarrassment you know mm-hmm. but um i thought myself well I, 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 if there's one thing that i'm going to learn from this is that i'm not going to go that way so i've oh, never I- dr- i've never drunk uh people think i'm probably out of my head most of the times but I never drunk and uh, I can't afford cigarettes, so um, never never touched the drink. And it's probably the best thing that's ever you know for me. I was showing that lesson. This mm. is not the way you want to go, Frank, because I'm too you're too much like him. And I used to go to all the meetings with him, you know, the open meetings for alcoholics yeah. and uh-huh. And I still actually listen to some of the stuff on podcasts and stuff because, again, not a religious person. They believe in a higher power. You don't specify what that is. Yeah, but. Uh, it's really interesting and it's a lot of life lessons in it as well, you know, to give you things. But again, that was another thing that I thought, right, I'll never lose my license because of drunk driving. Now, uh-huh. obviously, fast forward, I could get enough points to lose my license between here and Dublin. <laughs> <laughs> I would say you could. We'll not talk about the war, but it's funny, them things. But when when, we're, when I was going out then, I was a nominated driver all the time. Now, not everybody yes. wanted to get in with me because I was mad as a March hare. And... Uh-huh. Um, I had been introduced to Alfa Romeo's and I was at a real thing about Alfa Romeo's as a cub. Uh, again, my dad bought one. He used to tuck in Dale and Kiara's to home on Alfa Romeo one time. We all fat at 1.8 twin cam, twin 40s, four branch manifold, the lot. Oh. We'd missed the bus to school and left us into school and we raced the local boy racing our 16 Sport and Beta. So uh, I loved Alphas from there. So I had an Alfa. Uh, so my cousin, Mickey Brodick, uh, me and him used to head out in the evening and you were going meet girls. But as a, as a, as a non-party animal and non-drinker, 
I had no interest in the nightclub or the mm -hmm. disco or whatever. It was just, I want to meet a wife. <laughs> that sounds right. ridiculous. At 17, I was great to meet a wife. And I met Rosemary. And uh, we were both, I was just about to turn 18. She's 17. Um, very like-minded person, but completely opposite to me in her nature. Yes. Uh, very outgoing, very friendly. You can make friends with anybody, can have a conversation with anybody. Whereas I need to be in on you a wee bit, you know, before I could, especially to drop a yard or to say anything, you know, like shit, I'm talking now. Um, to everybody. <laughs> Not about a shit. I'm only talking to you. Uh, but That's it. it it's, um, it's funny that she's brought me on a lot, brought me out of myself a lot. You know, Angry Frank, we talk about Angry Frank in our house, and Liam Brennan oh. always says, bring back Angry Frank. I liked Angry Frank. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, I'd say the rally car has seen Angry Frank a few times. It has, it has, it has, but I actually don't get angry, angry. I can think of two times in my life where I've got angry and sort of lost control of myself, maybe mm. twice in my life. Um, I don't like not being in control <laughs> of myself, mm. but uh, yeah, no, she, she, like, she probably, she's probably saved my life. I'd probably be dead by now, you know, from different yeah. handlings or whatever, you know, but like she's into cars and stuff and, and she knew what she was getting herself into because I was stock racing at the time and she used to come to the stock races and she did a couple of the lady races and stuff and mm -hmm. um, she's my enabler in lots of ways. Uh. <laughs> you know, she props <laughs> me up and enables me to do shit and I, I'm not one for getting down but you know, when there's a big handling, you know, and a big write-off and the hardest thing to do is to ring her and tell her what's just yes. happened. Uh, and I always, even now with social media where I could not ring her and she would know in five minutes anyway. Right. I still make sure that she's the first one to ring to say, listen, I've done this, but I'm all right. You know, that kind of thing. Yes. And uh -huh. even where I'm not all right. <laughs> I rung her from uh, back of the ambulance one time. I uh, rode off the Fiesta. And I didn't know at the time, but I broke my collarbone and three ribs. And mm -hmm. I probably was in shock because I couldn't feel anything in my neck down. And I said to the the uh, paramedics that come in and got us out of the car, uh, he says, yeah, all right. And I was standing having a full-scale conversation. I says, I'm grand, but I can't feel anything from my neck down. He says, well, you move yourself. And I could move shit, but I says, I can't feel it. And he says, uh, I, says I think I broke my collarbone. And he says, how do you know you broke a collarbone? I says, I don't know. I just, I just think I broke my collarbone. He says, have you ever broke one before? And I says, no. And he says, if you broke your collarbone, you'd be squealing right now. So mm. uh, my co-driver, Fenton, Fenton McGuckin, uh, he wasn't that much shock. He wasn't fit to speak. But he had got out of the car when I was probably unconscious for like 30 seconds or something. So he wasn't there when I came around, which was a bit worrying. And there was two women standing at the side of the track out of the road crying, which was worrying also. And Very. I could see out through the, where the cage goes up over the roof for the door bar. I could see that she'd split that much that I could put my head out there for once. And I remember thinking when mm -hmm. I couldn't breathe or anything, I thought, fuck my head, I'll fit out through there, this cars and shit. And then I looked around for Fenton, he wasn't there. But anyway, got out of the car and about five minutes later, they found Fenton. I was standing behind the trees. Now, later on and years later, we talked about it. He says, I, I thought you were dead. And he says, I couldn't speak. I was in shock and da, 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 da. But anyway, I did the really stupid thing and we got into the ambulance, took us to the stage. And I signed us both out of the ambulance and got out of the ambulance right. and uh, wrong Gary, my brother was serviced for us and he come and lifted me. No, actually it was Fenton's girlfriend lifted me, lifted us. And I, I rung them and I said, listen, load up the car, I'm coming into service. I get into service, spoke to nobody. Drove home 
and got home like four o'clock in the morning. But again, not a wise thing to be at. I was taking both sides of the dual carriageway, coming down the road, couldn't focus, couldn't do nothing. Got into bed, woke up the next morning, I rung Rosemary from the ambulance saying, nah, listen, we're all right, we just let off the road. So there was no social media to worry about at the time. This was back in like 1989. But the next morning, uh, she says, Jesus, get out of bed. The youngster needs to get out of the bus. And I could not move. I could hardly breathe. And she pulled back the blanket and she says, Jesus Christ, what happened to you? Because the track of the seatbelts was down me. The whole way around me. And it yes, was black and blue. Yeah, yeah. So it took, Lauren was only five or six times, took the two of them to get me downstairs and get me into the hospital and then the doctors and then the x-rays and collarbone and slings and shite and all that. Oh, what was the point of that story again? <laughs> <laughs> For that world. <laughs> I don't even know, Frank. It was just, it was a good story. I got the it good was a good story. Um, we were chatting about how Rosemary was, um, like, Rosemary's kind of, she's always the first person that you're writing uh, and, yeah, you know, yeah, back got, in social got, media She got the phone call, but I told her lies. So I was uh, warned never, ever to do that again. Uh, uh, you know, tell, her, tell, tell me the truth, whatever it is, tell me the truth. Um, she but, can deal <laughs> with what she knows, I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Another oh, funny story about that, we were due to go to, on our probably first family holiday in years at the time to Portugal. Portugal or Spain, some of them places, some of those holiday resorts. And Jack was only a baby and Lauren was young and she was like, she's a daredevil for all the stuff. But uh, I had this like ropey thing hanging me together to keep me stressed in, you know, keep the, let the bone nut up and stuff. But yeah. I thought, no, we're going to holidays. So we went on holidays and uh, we're in the water parks and I'm this bandaging thing all around me. But Lauren, she was mad to go in one of these big water slides and she but she was scared and she was, Oh daddy, you do it first, you do it first, you see if it's any good. And I thought, oh, it's just a wee youngster slide. Well I went up to the top of the slide oh. and least hardly fit to walk and I got onto the slide and I got airborne on the first hump. I landed on my Jesus head on the second hump <laughs> and I went splashing into the splash pool at the bottom. <laughs> And I crawled to the side <laughs> like a creature of the black lagoon and came up and the first thing I seen was her face and she says, nah, not bother. Oh, <laughs> he didn't go on it. Worse than any oh, rally. Me wrecked. <laughs> Absolutely wrecked. Uh, and come here, we know, we know Lauren's bad under rallying. Uh, she definitely got the the rally gene. Is Jack under rallying at all? No, zero. Jack has no interest in motorsport whatsoever. He thinks we're completely away in the head. <laughs> Jesus, that's brilliant, doesn't it? And he's probably right. <laughs> he probably is right. <laughs> but it's the best thing. Uh, Jack's his own man. Jack's a great oh, lad. Nice. He's his own man. Uh, comes and goes. Uh, he's just qualified for cybersecurity, uh, computer engineering. Yes. Uh, he's, he's another thing to do for the cybersecurity, but he's doing real well at it, and he has a job as well to keep him and money because everybody's there in their own crust a bit here. Um nice. But he has no interest in cars whatsoever. You know, uh, uh, when he was at primary school and stuff, he would come home maybe maybe a week after I've either won something or had a big accident or something. And you know, a week later he'd say, uh, "Did you did you crash the car last weekend?" Yeah, you just see the blue thing. It was lying pieces out in the street. Oh, one of the lads said at school that you hit the car. They were asking me about it, but he said I wasn't sure. Yeah, Jack is some shit. <laughs> Again, why did you do that? Well, you know, that's not, you, you're not any good at this. <laughs> No. <laughs> just just uh, no interest and it goes over his head but it's the greatest thing ever because the amount of rally men in this country that have lost their rallying career because of their children mm. you know that the, the cub takes over and takes the car yeah that yeah. not take my car because he has absolutely no interest some of his mates have great interests and right. they'd ask to come and see the car sometime and Jack is just come on, come and look at the car <laughs> you know <laughs> 
You get his own wee carries, wee Suzuki Swift for bombing about him. Uh, 2006 uh, thing. He really yes. doesn't care what it is. If it's got four wheels, he gets from me to be. That's all he cares about. No one. But isn't that unreal, Frank? Like, yeah. isn't that absolutely unreal? How like it, it, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it's funny. And Lauren was completely opposite. Yeah. As soon as she would hear the car starting from, she was able to walk. She was in the car before you know. And I maybe take out to the guy's door to wash it, and she was aye. in the car. And then she I was, was mad you know, to help. I mad to get out. Mad to get out. And mm. like she was always ripping that she couldn't get going to rallies. But I was always worried about, you know, obviously Rosemary was home with the two kids and stuff and I was going to rally into my own at the time. And she was probably about 10 or 11 before I gave in and said, right, you can go to rallies with your if mum takes you and looks after mm -hmm. you. And uh, we end up then with, uh, you know, Denver Rafferty? Navigate uh, Damien Toner and them lads. I'm Den terrible Denver, with names, I probably know. Denver's late father, Pat. Uh, it was a great rally man, great old school rally enthusiast would come watch the rallies and he me and him got on fierce well and, and he he sort of adopted me as his favorite mark two driver real driver yeah, yeah. and uh, uh i think it was first rally they were going to maybe some five minute town some local rally and i asked pat i said listen would you look after the two girls for me uh just mm -hmm. so they don't be in a bad place or get caught out or you know even get into handling with somebody maybe there's a couple of lads that are maybe with a lot of drinking them or something just just look after yes. them yeah and yeah. we became a crew <laughs> then Class. you know from that first time they were out with him then i was out of the loop completely uh they would be i'd be packing up the rally car to go to rally and here they were packing the back of the car with sandwiches and pat's favorite tea or coffee or whatever and <laughs> away they went in flasks and Brilliant. you know i i'll never forget what rally we did it was eight stages and Lauren had her wee hand cam and stuff, and she said, yeah, come home. I met them. I didn't see them the whole day, and come home, and here they were just coming on the stage. Pat was dropping them off, and away he went. Nice as well. You can see how much. We've seen you in nine stages. Nice as well, eight stages in the rally. Yeah, we got you twice in one of them. Brilliant. <laughs> and they did. She had the video evidence to prove it. So they became a big click. Pat passed away, was it four or five years ago now? Aye. Uh, a big loss, big loss to everybody. But Huge uh, loss, I it just showed the way it all clicked together and and that's where lauren then got into the buzz of it and stuff and lauren was always working with ncr and and with uh she just she, she studied media at at tech or college or whatever it was and all mm. that kind of crack and anytime she had a sort of a pro project to put together it was always rallying it was always based around rallying so there was gopros hanging here and there and bits and pieces and then she said she'd start putting youtube and i said lauren who wants to watch us on youtube and she says, but this YouTube thing, you know, is popular. Let, just let, all right, tear away, work away. And sure, that's why we've got rally in different parts of the world now. Oh. Isn't it mad, though? It's crazy. Following, like, the, 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 how small the world got with YouTube and how on the ball the uh, was with it, like. But as I say, with me, nearly everything's happened by accident. You know, it's not planned. You couldn't plan the shit that I get up to and the things that happened was. Yeah. Uh, you know, even for her, she was never specifically going to be the co-driver or anything like that um mm -hmm. i think it was the end of 2015 i had the two liter or 2.5 gre voxel in the car at the time and it was due to rebuild mm -hmm. so i went away back to jre to get rebuilt no i think it was kgp at the time and jre was gone because that's kgp built it for me right and uh unbelievably it turned around in like two or three weeks it was finished and i might you know it's the end of my season and it was done and he rung me so this is just ready to go and i said brilliant and i thought fuck me uh, dog leaps on the weekend, dog leap for Australia. I think you just whacked in and stick a late entry into that. Maybe you're doing that. 
So I got ends at home, got whacked in. So I'll say, I'll do not have to make sure right. Fired up, everything was great on the Thursday night. Rang Michael Patterson. Uh, any chance we said notes yet? Notes, no problem. Uh, got them lifted the next day. Wrong to get an entry. Got an entry. Thought, right, we'll give Lauren a cut. We'll get only really? for a nice ton of the day. And it was literally Friday night for Saturday morning. I opened, knocked her bedroom door, fired her and said, notes, nice. I said, take a wee look over that. You're doing the Dougley pony tomorrow. She says, what? <laughs> She says, Unreal. you know, you said maybe we do a night nav or something. And he said, no, sure, you may as well do a forest. So I said, let's be gone. Well, did she step up, uh, went through the DVD, marked out the things. You know, she's been watching so much for NCR and she's such a fan of Liam's. You know, she adores uh, Liam. Yeah. Liam can do no wrong in this house. <laughs> and she started, you know, she, she went through his... DVDs and watched what he was doing and the, and she could see his notes on the on the NCR and places and circling and underlining stuff and all that kind of crack and she put all together and I said all you need to do that I'm advising you to do is put landmarks in that you can find in the seeds whether it's a bridge or a big tree that if you get lost you just go straight to that one and I'd pick, yes. pick it up there. Yeah. She never got lost the whole day. Uh, oh, we, we lined up in the start line there was a big entry of two-wheel drives. I was there to run an engine in and run a navigator in just for a day out. And uh, I said to her, listen, I'll drive accordingly. I'm not going to drive flat out. Uh, if, you know, things are not lined up and the time is not right, I said, don't worry about it. Just go to the next landmark and we'll work from there. We were fast as two wheel drive through the first stage. Jeez, that's unreal, isn't it? It was unreal. Talk about a duck taking the water. You know, Lauren's brilliant for just throw her and, and let her swim. Aye. And, you know, so, she, she called herself Deep End Motorsports for ages afterwards. Just threw her really? in the deep end. And, well, you know, it's like anything in life with Lauren, you throw her into it and she starts swimming. You know, when we go abroad to rallies that road books are in a different language, time cards mm. are from left, right, up to down, da, 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 da. See, 10 minutes and she has it all sorted out. She knows I haven't, I oh, couldn't look at the time card from one end to the other. Um, she has it all sorted and all done. And, and it's, it's, it's unbelievable sometimes when you see um, seasoned co-drivers that I've known around for a long time. Come and siphon up to learn asking her about something. You know, what way does that work? And da 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 da. And you, she going, da, 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 da. you know, you think, sort of knows it all. You know, yeah. uh, but she's not afraid to ask if, if she's not happy either. You know, she'll soon ah, say it. Yeah, yeah. And by Jesus, you shouldn't chastise me too. Oh, that's the, you need that though, Frank. You need somebody yeah. to keep you in check. And tell me, like, you know, obviously, like, as a driver, your, your own joy is there regardless anyway, but there must be like an added layer of joy for you now with Lauren there because okay there's the bond between you but also like the pride you must feel in her yeah well it's, it's, it's more emotion um mm. <clears throat> i i equate rallying to the nearest thing to freedom you'll ever feel yes and i don't know a way to put this into words but i get into that and i have to try and stop myself from doing it three times because it usually ends up in a hollow i get into that an automation of where things are happening that I'm not consciously making happen. Yes. And things start to slow down. It's, it's like, I don't know how to explain it, but when I get into that, we put in serious times and I feel like everything should be flat out. Mm. I feel like every corner should be flat out. I feel like, I feel like invincible mm -hmm. and I'm not. And you know, it's like talking about angry Frank or whatever. It, you can't let him drive the gap all day because he's not capable of doing it. So mm -hmm. he comes out of the box and in again to do special things when he has to. 
Yeah. But that doesn't always work either. Sometimes it ends up in an accident because he's been let out too long. But <laughs> that feeling I get, that it's like feeling of euphoria. Yeah. I, I, I just I haven't got the language to explain it. It just happens. I'm not making it happen. The car feels like it's connected to me. Mm-hmm. It feels like it's telepathy telling it, I want you sideways here. I want you to jump that way. I want yeah. you to straight line that. The inputs are happening, but I'm not aware of them happening. Yeah. It's a really surreal feeling. And yes. I, that's, uh, he cost me money. That, 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 that driver cost me money because he hits things, you know, and yes. he's either winner or loser. There's no in between. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. I, I try to not let him out as often as he used to be out. Mm-hmm. Lately, he's been out a lot. This sounds creepy talking like this, but. <laughs> no, I understand. For, you know, for three or four years there, I was being, uh, trying to make myself into a better driver, consciously thinking about what I was doing. Yeah. I've discovered that whatever driving or style of driving or ability I have is just happens. I'm not making it happen. It just happens. And I can't. Mm-hmm. On If I start thinking about me driving, I go slower. Yeah. If I start thinking about breaking points, <laughs> corner entries, all that shit, I start going slower. Uh, whatever limited mental capacity I have seems to be into go flowing with what's happening and adapting to what's happening and just making it happen. And see, after the accident in the Circuit of Ireland this year, you know, we had a fairly mm. decent accident and it was a rattler. I'll be yeah. honest, it, was a, it rattled me because, again, Lauren was in the car and I, I never think about hurting her or about the wor- and worry about her in the car. But afterwards, I thought, fuck, that was a big accident. And, you know, what did I do wrong? And you see, when you can work out what I did wrong, and I did quickly work out that it was three or four wee stupid things that I did wrong that turned into that mm-hmm. whole handling. And it was, I was kind of overthinking it. And Jesus Christ, does anybody tell you that knows me? I should never overthink anything. You know, I haven't got that capacity to do that. It, I overthought it and overdrove it in lots of ways. So I made a very conscious effort to go back to basics, essentially. You know, to... Mm-hmm. 10, 12 years ago when it was sort of carefree and not thinking about it was driving. And you see the sort of since, since that, yes. like I've done maybe six or seven rallies since, I have had the best crack. I've even went suspension settings back to what I was using 10 years ago. Mm. I even raised the car back to more of a gravel height because nice. I'm more comfortable on a gravel surface. Yeah. And driving it and not listening to people anymore because you know lots of good meaning, well-willing people come in and say that, Jeez, you're flying, but geez, if you tied it up, you'd be so much quicker. You know, and stuff like that. And I'm thinking, I enjoy that. I enjoy uh, the way I play. Exactly. And when the joy's there and that feeling of it happening automatically, ah, oh, it's surreal. And then obviously, as you say, putting Lauren in the car, emotions gets to me sometimes when we have a great run or a great rally or a, a great stage. Yeah. Like, uh, uh, it's, it's not... Uh, a plan thing but you see when I get her to stages that I've been ranting about for years mm. uh, you know the ring stage down in West Cork yeah um, Knock Allah yeah all these stages and I'm sitting and starting saying please let this be a good stage I want Lauren to feel what I feel in the stage yeah I want this to feel what I feel in the stage and when we come off that and she's going oh my god <laughs> you know that is unbelievable aye and uh then I'm thinking, yeah, she's understood. She's understood. That's your work done. Not there. That's it done. I might never have to take her to that stage again. It's done. Let's go to the next one. <laughs> Isn't that ugly? But that is just like, 
to be fair, Frank, I would say that's a layer of rallying that a lot of people have not had the opportunity. Like there are no, some it's, it's family a rare, parents a rare, out there. It's a rarity. Um, it's a rarity. You know, Rosemary is special again that lets us do that. You know, it's so special. People, people have said to her before, and somebody said to her at the weekend. Um, do you not? You not petrified of them two out there? You know, because and Baz at the weekend was a as ding dong a battle as I've had in a long time. And he's not petrified. And she's not. I'm happy that they're happy and that they know what they're doing. Yeah. And you so, know, she's a special person because I couldn't do what she does. I no. couldn't be in there and them two out doing. I could not do it. I know. It's it's a beautiful thing. Well, that trust that you all have between you, like you know, as I say, like just for the two is to be out together and enjoying those moments. But as you say. You know, there's always Rosemary and Jack, you know, sitting in the background trusting you as yeah. well to do it. Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. it's class. Like, well, there's no I, option. Well, there's that too. <laughs> they just have to. You know, you chat about Angry Frank, like, and I'm just so intrigued. Frank, how do you, how have you learned to not let him out as much as he used to be? Or how do you put him back in? Uh, it's... Out? it's <laughs> It's getting them back in is a freaking problem. Uh, Lauren has started to recognize when that happens. You know, okay. Hungry Frank or Psycho Frank, uh, sometimes he gets called. And uh, she'll say it sometimes. She'll say, listen, you know, that was on the edge there. You know, do you think we can manage that for another stage? Or, or do you think it's time to bring it back a wee bit? And uh, sometimes I'll agree with her and sometimes I'll disagree with her. Aye. Uh, but uh, you know, again, back at the weekend there, you know, we would add a hammer and tongue to try and 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 win and and failed by nine seconds. But it was so much fun, and uh, the even the sheer blessing her face, and I think it was a a, a real good life lesson as well because Lauren's been lucky with me, and I've been lucky that we've had some really good victories together. Mm. And winning Belgium last year was just a surreal experience. But it was nearly as equal as surreal to, to finish second this year and be a magnanimous loser. Yeah. And see the joy on Christopher O'Callaghan and JJ Kremen's face yeah. winning that rally. And yeah. knowing that they had to earn it the hard way, it wasn't hard yeah. to them. No. Uh, and I got great joy in seeing them lads winning it, you know, at, yeah. uh, especially at, at Chris's age, at 25 years of age, you no. know, stepping onto a podium in a, in a foreign country. You know, class to see it. And... I seen the joy in Lauren's eyes, and I and I loved that that she wasn't bitter or wasn't thinking. Yeah. We should have had them, you know. We should beat yeah, them, you know. Yeah. It was right, brilliant. That was class, you know. Great, well done, lads. Right, where's the next one? <laughs> well, that's an amazing thing, Frank. Like that, and uh, you know, that's that is true sportsmanship there. Like because at the end of the day, you know what that joy is like, and you're so happy to stand back and witness somebody else feel that joy instead of wanting it all for yourself. That's a class thing. Oh, like, uh, well, listen, I I've had so much of it. I've been so lucky. Uh, so lucky, I, I never thought that I could win anything, you know, I went a long time in rallying before I won a class, you know, or got mm. a place in the class, yeah. um, you know, I, I, the old Fiesta that I killed that time that we broke a collarbone had got me to some right good results and won a rally in it too, won a, me and Rosemary won a rally <laughs> in that car and there was no place at the time, uh, she had done three or four rallies on me, you know, and the, the starting joke which Lauren hates to be t talk about was that she was actually pregnant with Lauren. We didn't know it. Uh, she oh, was three or four weeks pregnant. We didn't know it. Uh, so Lauren won our first rally in the in the womb. <laughs> that is mental, Frank. <laughs> yeah, crazy, crazy. We that's had no idea. That's a mad story. And that's Wait. like to me you now. That's just pure magic. Like you know, it's just it was all meant to be. Like you no, know, Lauren was meant to be in that car beside you. Three Kellys in the car that day. 
Christ. <laughs> we're probably going to split it up every honest to god like you couldn't write that like and it does it explains exactly to me anyway it would explain exactly where lauren's natural inclination is like and you know i would imagine too it's probably how rosemary is able to sit and you know you know with service parks or on stages and and trust you both so much because she's been in the car with you she knows what you do she trusts what you do like she thinks I'm capable of more than I'm, than I'm actually capable of. Poor woman. <laughs> um, no, I, I would say you've proven you, you've proven her right. I, I think she has great trust in Lauren as well because Lauren has a mental capacity that I will never have. She takes you know that from her mum a mental mm. capacity. You know you, the, you always joke about women being better at, at multitasking. I can do one thing at a time and sometimes not yeah. even that well. Uh, but and that's not even an age thing. That's the way it's always been and it's probably back oh. till the primary school days and all that kind of crack. But I don't let anything hold me back. You'll just be it on and get it done. And, and where I used to be, you know, embarrassed about not being able to spell a word or something. And, and you know, again, go back to my old headmaster. Where he used to take you down into the lower classes to show you how dumb you was and say, right, spell it. Aye. You know, a stupid stuff I got there. Yeah. But I, I got a thick skin out of it, you know, and, and started to think, you know what, you know what, I don't give a fuck what anybody thinks. This is yeah. this is me. This is what I do. And, you know, I'm sure Minnie's the one sees me whacking the car again or doing some stupid things. That boy, not never learn. Hey, am I taking any skin of your plate? You know, that's I'll fix it. Don't you worry about it. You're enjoying Mate, yourself. I do it. I bought, I paid for it, and I'll pay for it again. Uh, and if that's the way I want to piss it up you in the wall, let me tear away. But when Aye. you're drinking your beer at night or, or, or at the weekend and the week's wages going, I've got a whole lot more value out of it than you have. Yeah. And that's it. Like and, and it is, it's just one of those things in life, Frank, where it's very much live and let live like let others do Aye. what they want to do for their joy. Like as long as you're hurting nobody else, it's it's about I, joy. Exactly. And, and I think as, as I've got older, I've got a bit more tolerant. Um, mm. You know, I, I get very impatient. And it's, as I said to you earlier, you're right or you're wrong. It's black or it's white. There's no in between. Yeah. I wouldn't make a good politician because when you ask me a question, I give you an answer. It might not be the one answer you want to hear. It might not even be the right answer, but it's the answer that I think <laughs> is right. Uh, exactly. you know, so that's all you'll get from me and, and move on. Don't ask me it again. Let's move on. And don't twist me about it. I, don't, I haven't got time to twist with you. I've got shit to do. You know, so yeah. that, that's that's the way it works for me, and and you just I have started getting more tolerant with people because you never know until you walk in people's shoes what they're suffering, what they've yeah. been through, and you know, 100%. going back to the alcoholism thing and growing up in an alcoholic alcohol environment, there's hardly a household or a family in this country that hasn't been hit by something like that. Mm, you know, absolutely. Uh, so it's important to bear that in mind when you meet people out. Yeah, you know what I mean. Because yeah. you never know. I had an incident, and this is, you know, it's just a stupid thing. Yesterday, in Oma, and I was, had a job to do, and there was a boy blocking the road in the town, essentially, in a tractor. And it meant I couldn't get the van in round to do it, but he was getting a lot of grief from everybody around him. So I parked up and walked past the whole thing, went in to do my job, needed bits to fix it, so I come back out again, walked past. And there was somebody else arguing with the fella, and this was an old boy, you know, he's probably tipping 80. And... Uh, I said, I wonder what the thing's going on there. And I went and got my bits, going back in, did the job, come back out 10 minutes later, and he's still there, but nobody's near him. And he's lonely-looking crater and charging mm. around him. And, and over knocked the one day of the cabin. He says, you all right there, lad? Oh, I'm, I'm not sure. He says, that, you know, the tractor stopped moving, won't move anymore, and I don't know what to do. And I thought, people are eating the face of this old fella. Like in the, mm. He was disoriented and stuff. So got yeah. sorted, got the tractor started, got her moved to the side, the clutch was gone there, got her jigged over to the side, got her parked in safe. 
got him phone for his family and stuff and got him sorted out and I thought to myself, why is everybody up in the face of this old fella? Like, did they not have a father or a grandfather or they yeah. not think they're going to be that age someday themselves or it's like if Rosemary broke down or something, you'd love to think that somebody would change that flat wheel and move yeah. on, you know, you know, Jack would ring Lauren and he, she'd come and change the flat wheel. <laughs> would be the way that would work. <laughs> I know. But, uh, you know, you do have to sometimes, I, I you know, I, I get very impatient and I'm always go, 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 go. Uh, but you have to think of what people are carrying. You know, what scars well, that's it. they have in their lives, what has happened to them. You know, bereavements and families, you know, like it's a cruel world and that's the way it is. And, mm-hmm. you know, as we've been showed in, in the motorsport world in very recent times, things can happen and change at the click of a finger. So, yeah. like I said, as I got my wake-up call in 2007, and I wish more people would get that vibe to... Don't be thinking about, ah, oh, when I'm 70 or 65 and retire, I'll do this, I'll do that, do that. Do it now and be frigging done with it because you might never yeah. get that far. Live your life now, aye. And there's, like, no, there's no point uh, in waiting today. No, because as you say, like you just you don't know when that time comes and then in the click of a finger, it'll, it could be there on you. You know, yeah, far better race towards it sideways. You are right. Going through the gate sideways, right? Or backwards. <laughs> <laughs> definitely having a bit of crack then. <laughs> it is like life is a funny one and I find I find when rallying is going well, it is the best place in the world to be. And it's one of the places where you'll feel an awful lot of joy. And and you kinda mentioned one of the one of the things earlier on that you, you feel and it's so hard to describe to anybody that doesn't understand it. Um you mentioned freedom and it's total freedom for sure. But one of the weird things that I have always felt is it's pure peace. Like you will have peace like nothing else on earth when everything's going well in the rally car. You know, it's it's just such a blissful place to be. But on the flip side of that, when everything goes wrong in rallying, I don't know I don't know if everybody's the same, like but I get awfully philosophical and I think an awful lot and very deeply about everything then when it comes to life not just rallying i'm and lucky I, I, I don't <laughs> <laughs> like i've had oh. plenty of practice don't get me wrong uh i feel sorry for myself for about three or four months oh. and then i say right shit has to be got done because nobody else is going to do it and i start oh. i start hatching this wee plan you know when it gets root off you're thinking right i can't afford that but i have a spare one of them It'll do in our couple of rallies. That'll get that back yeah. going. We'll do this. We'll do that. We'll do the other. It, uh, it's a strange thing, and it's probably kind of a gift. And Rosemary wonders at me sometimes how, I, you know, the the circuit with that handling and and making that mess. Like that, that was a fairly big mess. That was and a big one. Then home home uh, Saturday evening, I'm feeling very sore physically. I thought, right, well, I need to get off the tiller. You know, before I go to bed tonight, I want to off the tiller, mm-hmm. and I want to make sure the engines are right. Which it turned out it fucking wasn't. <laughs> but uh, got the car rolling because there's the four of us here, so you can't really lift it and drag it off. Got enough suspension on to get it rolling on wheels, get it into the garage, get it turned around, get it in backways, get the water drained, get the engine stripped out, and leave it ready to get in the morning, Sunday morning, seven o'clock, up and at it again. And yes. you know, by Sunday night, she was nearly a bare shell, and it's already starting to look better. You know, it's not looking pretty, but it's starting to look better. But 
to, I, I couldn't leave it sitting there for a day or two days or a mm. week. I couldn't do that because that still has to be done. It's like, it's like almost starting to color in the pieces or, or wipe out the mess. You know, right there's yeah. that we've polished it. That you know that, but actually survived. You know, and as I'd be hearing the guys on my own going, talking away to myself, going, "Ah, oh, Jesus, that that that's all right. That'll that'll go again." You know, that that shop canister. Nice. I'll we'll just put a pipe and that'll be grand. I think I'm, I've saved that. That's good. And then I'm I'm feeling that there's a road back, uh, and you just start going and start moving and keep pushing and keep pushing and yeah. keep pushing. And, and you know, for me, even when there's no accidents, and you know, it sounds like I'm racking all the time, but. Um, I'm, I, this, this garage is my wee castle and I fit alarm systems and CCTV during the day and I come home at night to get me dinner, usually six o'clock. By half six, quarter to seven, I'm out in the garage and I'll do two or three hours any night. And it's all preparation for the next rally or preventative maintenance or fixing the last hand that I messed up or trying yeah. to develop the car a wee bit, you know, to, to make up for me, uh, maybe make this car better. Didn't feel right in the last rally, we'll do this, we'll try that, we'll do wee tweaks. And I have old diaries you know the old diaries you keep in your office there and uh, every rally gets what happened what 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 broke what didn't feel right what was replaced and then the next rally and there's books and books for years here of things that you know i could even go back and say what the setup was in 2006 on on uh, australia or something mm -hmm. i have it all there and and that's you know i've been doing that lately and going back to setups that i used 10 years ago uh, and i think that i enjoy that i enjoy the development mm -hmm. of it I think it's nearly therapy, you know, because I'm—I don't know what people think, but I'm not really a people person. Uh, mm -hmm. When it comes to rallying and talking rallying, I can have the best conversation with anybody about rallying. But you know, take me to a wedding or something with no rally mm -hmm. people. Yeah, I'm yeah. fish in the water. You may as well shoot me. I don't love the oh, last gosh. wedding was that. Rosemary has to go to her in-laws' weddings, and I think I'm dead. If I turn up, just... if I turn up at the odd one, it's who the fuck is your mom? <laughs> <laughs> Nobody recognizes you. <laughs> but but that's Definitely. that's that's my way, and you know I'm a great one for uh, routine. You know, mm. three square meals a day. <laughs> yeah, there's Rosemary's head and <laughs> because if I get simple. fed at the wrong time of the day, I still need that feed that was supposed to be later in the day. <laughs> That's hilarious. If I got my dinner at 3 o'clock, I'd be still sitting at the table at 6 o'clock saying, where's dinner? You got it at 3 o'clock. But that wasn't my dinner. My dinner's at 6 o'clock. Black and white. Very well, black and white, Frank. There's her head and height. But uh, she's learned to live with it. She just feeds me at the, the general times. And Good honour. Breakfast, you know, up at 7. Uh, I'm gymming now. I, well, I'm gymming at 10 years, so I go three days a week, Monday, Wednesday mm. and Friday. Uh, so yes. that's the routine there, and then the other days is breakfast and out the door and away. When I go to the gym, I shower and go straight to work. And then you're home, you know, as I say, half five, six o'clock, dinner, into the garage. And I already have during the day a plan of what I'm doing that night. And I have uh, collected the parts or have the parts in order. I just hope them parts this evening because I'll get that done. Mm. And this is the target night, and I get them pads and discs in, and that's that done. And then in the morning, I'm going to put the dog rings in, and the next night, I'm going to do the crime and pinion. And then the rallies come up on Saturday, they'll be loaded on Friday. Because uh, we're heading off Friday night, and da 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 da, and that train keeps running, and Aye. I love that treadmill. And you know, when we're starting to plan our season at the beginning of the year, there's you, there's always ten or twelve rallies, in, and there's always three or four or five or six added onto that, depending Aye. on which racket yeah, I've done yeah. during the year, you know. But yeah. it uh, it's just this wee treadmill that keeps going, and I I like it like that, you know. 
stupid shit. I set me work trousers in the same place every time so I can lift them without opening the eyes or switching on the lights. Uh, you know, they're set that the legs just in the same way and stuff. <laughs> stupid shit. I don't know if our new people if people do that or if I'm just fucking weird. But no, I a lot see of people if, seem if, to be like that. See if they weren't there where I left them. The whole day's fucked. <laughs> well, that's what I was going to ask you, Frank. Like, say now you have a plan. You're you're halfway through the day at work, or you're fully through the day at work, and you're coming home now, and you have the plan made in your head. But then, say you get to the house and such and such a part wasn't delivered. Does that wreck your evening then, or do you just no? It doesn't wreck it. I always say. have alternatives. What would wreck my evening if somebody was here that right. wasn't planned <laughs> and that fucked up the whole evening? Yes. You know, if if. if Jesus Christ, if, if a neighbour arrived up or in-laws arrived, what? hang on, do you not know that this is my What are you doing here? Brilliant. You know, yeah. and, and, so it and, has to be arranged. It's not that I have a problem with anybody. It's just that I have shit to do. This is, this You're, you're encroaching on my rally prep time. You know, Jesus uh, Christ. Now, at this stage, everybody knows. <laughs> not to come near you. Now, there's plenty, plenty, of lads, plenty of rally men, and, you know, they'll, but they'll always ring your text and say, listen to you about, or... Uh, right. Can shoot over, and you know, there's a, the best lots of stuff. You know, now that I've been about this long and made so many mistakes, I know what not to do as regards parts that are dodgy yes. or you know, this doesn't work because it's going to break, or you need to go for the heavier mm -hmm. one and stuff. And I get loads of that, I get a lot of that online, a lot of that online, and I'm more than happy. Yeah. You know, it's usually lunchtime at work when the van grab a sandwich or a yogurt or something and you go through the emails and the messages and just answer and all that compound doesn't work in them conditions and these are this this is the pads i run and they work for me i don't know if they work for you and i do a lot of that and i'm more than happy to do that because i hate to see the same as people make the same mistake as i made we only should have to make the mistake once you know when it comes to yeah. things like that and you know that that's not the right part for that particular yeah. given thing it's just not designed for it or it's no. been bullshitted that it is designed for it Mm -hmm. uh, I hate to see it. And then when you find something good, you want to tell the world, Jesus, after all these years, I've found something that, 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 that'll yes. do that job, that'll not break. You've fixed you know, it. Uh, you've I, 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 it's one of my pet hates is when people start changing shit on you. Mm -hmm. You know, that's worked for years. Why did you change it? Why change it? Yeah, Why did yeah. you change it? That's, I, I just want this exact same one I got a few last year because I mileage everything. Uh, yeah. And change it on the mileage. And, you know, there's many time I think, Jesus, why am I putting more half shafts to this thing? I only put them in six or eight rallies ago, whatever it was, and you oh. think, well, the way I rectify it in the only brain is if that breaks in the next stage, you will remortgage the house to get out of that stage. So just aye. put that in there now and be done. Do now, so, Frank, would you describe yourself, would it be safe to say you would describe yourself as an introvert then? That everybody would think you're fairly extroverted because you're so full of chat and crack and character, but actually your happy place is sitting in the garage working away. I would say that I wouldn't know how to spell introvert, but you're probably right. <laughs> I don't know if I would either, but sure. Uh, what do you call it? The phones would spell for it now, anyway. <laughs> it spells uh, like sort of like. Yeah, like when, I, when I do a post for, for after a rally or something, Lauren and Rosemary both spell check and uh, proofread it for me to make sure it's in English. <laughs> and the, the, they, don't, they're, they're, the place there, their people. Where, where, all them things. <sighs> I know. It's funny, Frank, whenever you chat there about, um, you know, when, whenever you go back to, you were chatting about the 
the accident, the circuit, uh, for example, and whenever it comes back and the car is wrecked in the trailer, you can't just let it sit there. You have to kind of go straight for it and, you know, make sure you're looking at it and making a plan and getting started, getting stuck in. And, like, funnily enough, like, whenever you were saying that, all I could see was the young fella in school that got through those eight or ten years or whatever it is in primary school that, you know, you, you think you're having the worst day in your life or you think that you're never going to get through this, but actually, if you just get the head down, think a wee bit about it, you'll actually get a way out. Like, do you think it's that, that same strength of character like that pushes you through all the accidents or all the... I don't know. I'm, I'm not good at overthinking what I, I, things like that, but I, I know at school time it was 3 o'clock, I'm out of here, 3 o'clock, I'm out of here, oh. 3 o'clock, I'm out of here. Uh, you yeah. know, because I wasn't interested and wasn't very capable I, I, you know i remember doing stupid things like our spellings which is obviously a way i can't spell uh you know there'd be six spellings six uh -huh. words to learn and there's six of us in the class so you'd learn the third one only yes. and make sure you were third in the line when you went up Brilliant. and i did that for ages <laughs> until i told one of my mates the trick i was at Aye. but didn't he learn the third one as well so the two of us fought on the way up to get to the third place in the class. And I'm thinking, why? I, when you do the fourth? You know, I would pick second, third, fourth, whatever, but we'd pick the same bucking word. Uh, so that was that. But it just book. goes to show you how uh, no child is stupid because, okay, you didn't have the learning capacity to learn six words, but my God, you got a genius way through getting <laughs> through the day. It's called you know what I mean? you call it. It's, it's, oh, it's thinking outside the box is what it is. You but know, I, and it's as I say, getting home at three o'clock was the job, and getting out, getting the work clothes on, and going ripping and racking. Uh, mm. If it was the time of the mini was about, or as a go kart, or whatever, you know, there was always something to be at. And you're working around the guys, helping your dad as well. And, you know, getting shit done, and you had your chores to do, uh, and all that kind of crack, and supposedly homework. A good uh, good thing about the secondary school as well is it was an eight eight or nine mile journey on the bus, so you could do most of it on the way home from school. That's why the writing yeah. was like that. My school, my teachers knew every bump on the Ballygoyle Road. <laughs> Frank, can you think back to how rallying has impacted your life now? Like, if you were to kind of put it into a paragraph, like, could you describe it in any way, or is it just there's no words for it? I find it hard to think of what life would be without rallying, mm. I, and I, and it's maybe not just ever rallying. I think if, if it hadn't been rallying, it'd been something else. I think that mm -hmm. it, it gives a structure to my life. It probably rules my life maybe too much because it all revolves around it. You know, our conversations at the dinner table, our, our tire prices, you know, yeah. our tire compounds and stuff. And, and Lauren's big into what worked and what didn't work. You know, and we have a good stage to say, what tires have we got on now? You know, what that they yeah. worked real well. And she can feel stuff through the seat of her pants the way I do. Yeah. Because I'll say, geez, did you feel the way it kicked out over that jump? And then she said, that doesn't normally do that. Usually that would be smooth enough. Did you change rebound or something? You know, and she wants to know. She wants yeah. to know, uh, which is unreal. But no, I think uh, I think rallying's been a savior in lots of ways. Um, mm -hmm. I think everybody needs, and like I said earlier, you need you need landmarks or goals, things you can move towards, things you can do. You know, Jesus, I I, I can't even think what it'd be like to be just thinking right. It's Friday, I get my wages. We'll go in the piss, and we go back to work on Monday. Uh, I, I just can't fathom what that would be like. Now, somebody like that might look at me and go, Jesus Christ, I can't fathom what that dickhead's doing in the garage every evening. You know, <laughs> and then going, 
you know, so horses for courses, yeah. but for me, uh -huh. as a non-drinker, non-smoker, non-party animal, not the most sociable creature in the world. It gives me a click of of, of friends and, and, you know, the rally family, you know, mm -hmm. just unbelievable. And, and as we've got to rally abroad, some of the connections you've made and friends you've made, like the your boy that runs Escort Rally Special, uh, Christopher Jacob, uh, fantastic driver in his own right, uh, just a peach of a man, an absolute yeah. peach of a man that can do cannot do enough for you, and he's so it, it makes you feel so humble that that man will take you into his home and put you up and help you get you know there's me ramp work away at the car you need a hand there's a tire machine oh I can get that for you I can do that for you and. You know, checking in you every couple of months and saying, "What's the crack, Frank? I see you had a big one. He's all right." Da 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 da. da. Mm. You know, anything we can do for you. you know? And there's so many people like that around the world that we've bumped into in the rally family and at home here. You know, you know that if you have a problem in the car twenty, there's twenty people there that will help you at the drop of a hat. You know, and yeah. sometimes it's literally having to pull people out from under the car and say, "Would you let me out the fucking thing?" <laughs> <laughs> Just get out of your way. You know, but yeah. it's it's I can't think of many sports that you wouldn't have that and probably uh, I don't know why probably maybe in a straight jacket rocking in a corner if it wasn't really no <laughs> isn't it mad hey, how important it is in some in some cases like in yeah. most of our cases like I'd say anybody actually doing it is so important to us you know if you could go back to any memory in your life or any moment in your life now rallying or not rallying what would it be an important moment that changed everything you mentioned well, plenty of pivotal ones I there's loads of pivotal things. It's um, you know probably after we finished all this, I'll go wait and I prepare for this because I, I could have thought of so many different things. But <laughs> I do remember different things like like Lauren and Jack being born. Um, mm. And and uh, it's strange to think it was the responsibility in lots of ways. You know, Lauren was the firstborn, and then Jack came along, and you just go, holy fuck. I'm responsible for this. Mm. This, this is a game changer. I have to feed, clothe, water, rear, look after this. I have, I have to grow up. I have yeah. to grow up. And I yeah. remember thinking that. I remember when Lauren was born. It was like a 14-hour labor. I was in labor for 14 hours. <laughs> Poor Frank. <laughs> and, you know, she came out and... One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five. Counting her toes and everything because I was... <gasps> Worried, and yeah. oh Jesus, the emotion! I remember ringing my mum and not being able to string two words together, and that never happens to me. Uh, but I was just a blubbering mess, an absolute blubbering mess. And at the, we didn't know she was going to be a boy or a girl, and I didn't. I had no preconceptions or worry about what what she was, as long as she was hers and grand, you know. Yeah. And that was all that, but. It was just, uh, it was such a moment. And it was a reality check in lots of ways. You know, I, I'd be blase about stuff and I float, I, float, I float through things and I go rally and I do my thing and don't take myself seriously. Don't worry too much about shit. You know, don't get into debt. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Get shit <laughs> don't do wrong, do right. Uh, black and white, yeah. it's black or white, it's black or white. You know, and, and it annoys people around me and I know it does, but it's just the way shit is in here and that's the way it goes. But, um, that was a moment now for me, and, and then when Jack was born, and again, there's no boy or girl, and one, two, three, four, five, one, two, three, four, five, you know, uh, just the midwife laughed her brains out at me, me counting fingers and toes and stuff, and 
ah, oh, Jesus, we have a boy, you know, and that, you know, that's perfect, you know, boy and a girl, that's great, you know, isn't that brilliant? Yeah. But I remember some people picking at me when Lauren was born, go, oh, Vicky wishes it was a boy. And they go, what? <laughs> what? Wild. I know. You know, and there was a bit of slagging going on for a while, and I thought, Jesus Christ, lad, <laughs> this perfect wee baby. Uh, now, uh, I couldn't I... believe that we were sent home with her. Uh, you know, <laughs> To get a dog, you have a dog license. There was yeah. you're sent home with this baby, and you're going right. Where's that? Is there instructions? Rosemary, you know what to do, and she didn't. You know, and it was well. You know, we have to, and and then, and again, poor Lauren had no chance. Like, uh, I used to do the weekends, the night feedings at the weekends, because I still had to do the work. So I she would do the five days, I'd do the three days, and mm -hmm. uh, more times, Lauren would wake up after the. First feed, not having finished the first feed because I still I fell asleep with the bottle in her, and then she'd wake up, look at her second feed, and this thing was still all over her face. Such a mess I used to make, and then I used to put her in the big cot thing, and I would get into the other end of it and read motorsport news to her. <laughs> car sport, motorsport news, flat to the mat. There was no nursery rhymes. There was no Cinderellas. There was no Goldilocks. That's what she got a Frank, and I used to sit and read. Formula One, Nigel Mansell scored a victory, da 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 da, and I would just read it out loud as I was reading it to myself, and then she'd wow. be sleeping, and I would be sleeping, and then Rosemary would come and wake me, and I'd be lying on one in the cot, and she'd be lying in the cot, and the motorsport news wrapper in it. You know, and just. But that, 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 that thing to that's a game changer. You know, mm. it's much more than rallying and sport and stuff like that there, but, but different things like pivotal moments again, pivotal people, Liam Brennan. Like Jesus uh, Christ, Liam Brennan was a rescuer for me from rallying, essentially mm -hmm. in lots of ways. Because when I I went I went through a sort of a dark period after the total of the Fiesta in '99, then I bought my first Escort, which is a red two liter car out of Donegal. Like nobody should ever buy a, a rally car out of Donegal. <laughs> in fairness, it was a good car, but I didn't gel with it. I didn't feel it. Did two or three rallies, got decent results in the forest. Didn't feel comfortable on it. But in hindsight, it was me that didn't feel comfortable. I was traumatized from what I'd just done, hitting a three head uh, 80 mile an hour that didn't move. And yeah. it, it, it just it took a couple of years to actually get right. But I got to the point where I wasn't enjoying it. And I was really struggling. And getting to the point was thinking, well, is this for me anymore? You know, and that's, uh, that was into 2002, 2003. Tried a couple of different cars, not feeling the love at all. And then uh, that. I quit rallying for I think was it thirteen days, and sold at an F two Escort, one of their very early generation things with a quaff sequential box. Uh, just the hard work of a yoke, but totaled her and reshelled her and sold her, and thought right that's it. Give Rosemary the money. I said, put that away, pay some of the mortgage off. Da 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 da. Ask me quit, and then I think it was the tenth or eleventh day that I, you know, sat in the house and asked her who was doing what and why your boy and Carney stick was sleeping with the other doll when it wasn't his wife. <laughs> and she says, Will you get out to that guy's and go and get a rally car and do something? You're doing my head in. So Brilliant. she had done the right thing. She hadn't put the money in the bank because she knew it would have been swallowed up. So I went and bought a yellow escort, Cosworth, normally aspirated, basic enough yoke, thinking, and, and, me, me, and I genuinely meant it. I says, I'm only buying this to dick it up, do an event or two, and sell it and make a few pounds. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> But I totaled it, <laughs> but it was a mighty wee yoke. It was a great handling thing, and I felt really comfortable, and the buzz started to coming back. And 
instead of going to our alley saying, am I fully insured that if someone happens to me, you'll be all right? I was thinking, I'll be see you later, and boy, this is going to be a good day's crack. You know, that, mm. it turned the whole thing around. And then Liam come on the scene in 2005, a blind date, complete blind date. Had done three or four rallies in the south, in the forest. Uh, really enjoyed them. It was the furthest away I'd ever rallied. Uh -huh. And uh, had done all right. Uh, was, you know, top three in the two-wheel drive championship. And uh, John Shelvin was at me at the time and he told me when he could do two or three rallies. So I didn't put an entry in for the Moonraker, I think it was. And uh, Greg Shinner's on me. He said, you have no entry in. He says, you're, you're, you're well placed in the championship. And I says, listen, I can't get a code driver. Money's run out. Da, 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 da. And a code driver will pay an entry fee. And it's, they're late on the ground. He says, if I can get you one, will you come? And I said, fair enough. He says, what notes do you use? Patterson, uh, one fastest. Right. He says, live on me. And the next day, he me back. He says, I have this boy from Cork. He'll sit with uh, I says, right, Grant. I never even asked if he was any good. I says, that's Grant. Uh, he says, do you want his number? And I says, no, no I'll meet him a scrutiny. And wrapped up a scrutiny, and this spivvy Liam Brennan come waltzing in, owned the fucking place. And uh, I had just painted the car because I'd wrote her off. She was yellow, I had painted her blue, which is, I'm not even going to that story how it ended up in blue, but it, uh, painted blue, and he, he christened her baby blue and asked about the history of the car. And I says, well, I bought it six months ago, and I backed it twice, and it's blue. That's the history of the car. And I so, said, what a chain of a dick is this? So <laughs> went out the road to the first stage and uh, real heavy car accident, couldn't understand a word he said. And I genuinely is the truth. I said, listen, you're probably better not talking very much, just point where we're going. And why he didn't slap me in the mouth, I don't know. But that's what he did. He pointed to the road junctions to get us to the first stage. And we started off. And you see when we were two corners and I went, this is a fucking machine, this man. This man is a machine. <laughs> made perfect sense in the stages. Couldn't understand a word in the road sections. <laughs> and we had the brilliant. best days crack and we had a good result. And he says, I'll do the next rally. Week. And it went on like that. And Brennan is one of the few men that, you know, few people that won Donegal's over after three days racking and three days rallying. You're sorry to see him go. You're sorry to see him heading down the road. And got welcomed into our house and stayed in our house more times. And, you know, he's got married and. Uh, Maeve and the kids and stuff and he's had a family and stuff and we still you know there's not a month goes by me and Brandon would have a chin wag and slag the shit out of each other uh, slag yeah. the shit out of each other and you know Liam's days in my car is not over we will be back rallying someday again no. uh, but just again he's a real outgoing dude you know that he way it's funny we were we were rallying together for a couple of years before we've worked out both our fathers were alcoholics and we had a similar Aye. sort of an experience in, in early life. Uh, but gem of a man, absolute gem of a man. And, and somebody I always look forward to, Chen uh, Wagon and Brennan. And there's usually a debrief after one of his rallies with somebody or one of my rallies. And I'll, I'm just ringing in for a debrief. <laughs> what the fuck are you at? <laughs> what the fuck are you at for? He's a big pivot. He saved my rallying in lots of ways. And... Yeah, this uh, good cop, bad cop routine I used to refer to, and it's probably not the right way to do it, but for years everybody's trying to slow me down. He was the opposite. Go on, go Keep faster. Why are you not going faster? Yeah. Keep going faster. Yeah. And I was thinking, actually, I'm the sensible one in this car. He's a psycho. Mm. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's sort of become a reverse yeah. psychology where I became the careful one. <laughs> Isn't that nuts? Frank, honest to God, hey, it really does sound like, you know, you are so aware of the people you have around you and they truly are the most important thing in your life like 
I, there's no doubt you, you learn so much from people if you let yourself learn mm. you know yeah. and as earlier being a wee bit more tolerant as I got older I've learned to be more tolerant that you never mm -hmm. know what people are carrying but you know everybody has a story and everybody has a way of doing things and it might not be your way but it's their uh -huh. way and if it rocks for them it rocks for them you know I know a lot of my stuff infuriates people and the stupid shit I do in the way I do it but it's the way I do it and the way I want to do it and I'm not hurting uh -huh. anybody <laughs> you know and uh -huh. It's right or wrong. It's black or white. You know that's it. Uh, uh, you know it's like I don't even look at politics, but I think democracy doesn't work. You need a dictator. Just <laughs> I think I'm a communist or something. <laughs> it just needs to not be a psychopath if possible. If you could pick uh, a non-psychopath, a dictator that could just say, "Don't worry about all these boards and these subcommittees." It's like hierarchies and and motorsport and all that kind of stuff. And and I know this is the way the world's supposed to work these days, but you see when a working group is created to find out about something before they give a report back and all that there. No, that's wrong there. Take that out and change it. And now we don't do that. Uh, that's done. What, what, what do you want the working group for? No, it's simpler than you know what I mean? it out to be. And like the situation right. in Northern Ireland with Stormont and all that done. Oh, my sweet Jesus. That does my head in. You know, and and I, I purposely don't listen to different radio stations these days because it just infuriates you thinking boys go and do your friggin work you know yeah. go and do a bit of work lads get the thing sorted out get the roads patched get the health service sorted out it's not yeah. rocket science you just it's need to stop shooting and fighting about shit we're not exactly. even down that angry angry <laughs> frank will be out again angry <laughs> frank will be stepping out we might get him back in frank do you have a motto you've said a couple of things a few times there but if you had to pick one of them that you live by through, uh, through every day there's mottos used in our house every day Oh, well, you know, there's the usual thing, you know, the Colin McRae one, what was it? Um, not here for a good time, or not here for a long time, for here for a good time. Good time. Aye. You know, that's, My that's father important. Loves that one. Do, do or die. Like I say that, but it's time at the beginning of a stage, Lauren, right? Do or die. <laughs> and it's a terrible thing to say to your daughter, but I just let her out of the way. Do or die. Um, and, you know, I used to always be never give up, never give up. And, and I, I really struggle to give up when something goes wrong, but I've learned. And year, you know, in my later years now, that sometimes it's a wise thing to give up. Sometimes, if you're actually beating your head against a stone wall, yeah, you're only making it worse. Yeah, and that can apply in rallying as well. Yeah. You know, I've done it before, where uh, years ago went off on the second or third stage of our two-day rally and put it on its roof and made a right-looking mess out of the rally. Towed her into service again, knowing that I was coming home to a, a garage where I had to get into the garage on my own built up the front corner to make a roll so I could get off the sailor and then realised, hang on a minute, if I did a bit more of this car I would rally again. And mm -hmm. then got a wing hung on her and got into super rally the next day and went off backways in the next stage and totaled the back of her as well. <laughs> Frank would have been a whole lot better to get up the road the day before, you know? know? It's funny, that one actually, that for me is a pivotal one. Like I'll never forget, I actually learned that one in therapy where I was giving off about duck. I can't, I can't give up or I can't give in or I can't run away or something could have been the thing I was saying. And he said, you know, there's another way of phrasing that. Like he said, you can look at it and say you're running away or you're giving up or you can look at it and say you're walking towards something else. But there's a reason that yeah, you're moving yeah. in this direction. And that, honest to God, that changed my life because I would be thrown. Yeah. I would be a thrown wee pup as well. Like, and there's well, no, I remember oh. specifically because uh, there was so much uh, support in the service area as I was building this car back together again, thinking, this fucking mad bastard's going to go out again. You know, and this car had been on its roof, you know, it was mm -hmm. a complete mess. And 
it became, <laughs> and I, I get myself into them things sometimes where even early is coming up, that's not that important, and a bit hasn't arrived, and I'm thinking, if I, but if I, if I, if I rebuild that bit, it would do. And I'm thinking, well, I'm not even that bothered with this, really, and it becomes a challenge in my own wee head. <laughs> it becomes a challenge, and nobody outside has even mentioned or knows about it. And all of a sudden, I am moving heaven and earth to do a rally that I'm not that bothered with it or not. Mm. But I, I hate me naming an entity list and not turning up. It's only happened to me once or twice, maybe. But um, I, it's 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 important sometimes to say, you know what? I, I put up in that post after that whole wreck and session that weekend. As I put up post, I says, even I know it's time to go home. Aye. <laughs> That's it. I sometimes the hardest thing to do, but sometimes it's the best thing in the world. Aye. And, and you know, in our in our rally, I, I if I don't finish the rally where I'm OTL or anything, but if I haven't completed all the stages, I am like a Peishmire to the next rally. I know. You know, getting to the end of the rally is the be all and end all. The result yeah. is a buy by the buy for me. Yeah. It's getting the whole rally done. And, you know, I hate disappointing people too, you know, where, where somebody turns up and says, oh, geez, I went to watch the rally. And I always jokingly say, well, be at the first 300 yards of the first stage if you really want to see me. <laughs> because there's no guarantee I'll be any further than that. <laughs> you know, no and way. sometimes that is the bucking case. But yeah. um, when you go abroad there, and you like say Belgium and San Marino, and you know different rallies we've been at Lithuania and Australia, New Zealand, Barbados, Trinidad, Germany, Hungary, all them countries. Aye. There's an investment that's been made in you to be there, and you have an onus on you to to finish that rally. Uh -huh. And of all exactly the places I've been, Austria is the only place I didn't finish and do all the stages, and. It's a great pride in an early family, you know, to rock up like in Belgium. It was me, Lauren, and Rosemary. That mm -hmm. was it. Yeah. And we went rallying, and Rosemary yeah. held the fort, sold t-shirts to pay for the fuel up the road, and uh, had the spanners and the food when we came back in again. And me and Lauren did the tire change and the fuel, the spanner check, and we're away again. And did that for two days. And there's there's an awful buzz and a pride. You know, I could burst with pride, uh, and it's nothing to do with the result. It's that. Yeah. We went, we did that, we got home, and the, the amount of prize givings I have went to, and, and it's just that my fun's over now. Aye. The fun's done. That, that and is real. And you get a phone call from a COC, an angry COC, saying, you didn't come and lift the trophy. Uh, well, I get a few next day, you know, or whatever, you know, or, or like I, sometimes you give them to charities or something, you say, well, is there somebody would, you know, you know, would like it or would have it Aye. or something, you know. And I always say, you know, I'm not being disrespectful i hope you don't think i've been disrespectful you put on a mighty rally with the best days crack that was great that was great that was great but the fun i've had me fun i'm way home aye yeah you know? aye and that's it and i mean look when you're an introvert and when you don't drink a prize given is probably not really the ideal scenario for <laughs> you yeah, right? place to have a ride with somebody <laughs> exactly that <laughs> <laughs> oh Frank, hey, it's unbelievable. It's just it's such a pleasure to talk to you. Hey, I you know, we joked about this could take hours, but like honest to God, we could sit here and chat all night. The stories well, that you have are on fifteen minutes so far. Actually it's nine o'clock. <laughs> Come here, it has genuinely been such a pleasure. Um I have enjoyed this thoroughly and I can only imagine how much the the listeners are gonna love this. Hearing from Frank Kelly and hearing all about the baby blue and all the how we got there and stuff. It's just unbelievable. So thank well, I'm, you. So, I'm, so I'm much. sorry about all the rambling because um I don't know if you ever remember you'd be too young to watch the two Ronnies. Ronnie Corbett used to start telling a joke in the middle of it and it'd take like twenty minutes and he wouldn't even get to the punchline. I no, just I head off in a ramble and end up going from when I was four till I was fifty four and then back to those ten and no. stuff again. 
Not about height at all made perfect sense and it was so enjoyable. It'll make more sense. <laughs> I wouldn't like to be the editor, Frank. <laughs> Rosemary, I mean, like, <laughs> for Rosemary, hey, she keeps the whole thing going, doesn't she? Fair play to her. Even, even when she doesn't know, she does. I know she definitely does. Hey, and um, even like it's such it's such a joy to see her in the service park, like and kind of you know how happy she is to to see to see us coming back in and to see everybody coming over to buy the t-shirts and hats and stuff. It's class. Like it's just it's just it's so beautiful to see such a family affair. Like it really really is. You know, and um, to me as well. Like it just it shows that everybody can be involved. Like and, and no matter what, you can you can you can be rallying if you put yeah. your mind to it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, that's that's exactly it. At uh, the family that rallies together stays together. No, that's the one, Frank. Frank, it's been such a pleasure. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you very much, Tony, for putting up with me. No, delightful. The Irish Rally Podcast is brought to you in association with PFT Travel, Tech and Tools, Rally Connection, SVS Productions, Hire a Van, and Lines of Limerick.